Christina and Lydia and you're listening to Retweet and for today's topic we are going to be talking about basically we're going to be talking about sex work in different types of facets as well as um, the legal ramifications of um, policy that affects sex workers disproportionately. And so we have a special guest today, someone we reached out on Instagram to, and it's Sammy. So hi, Sammy. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for being mm-hmm. on. Thank you. My name is Samantha. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy, Sam, River, whatever you like to call me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you're a sex worker and you wanted to specify like what your realm of work is before we get into it. Awesome. Um, so I started out um, actually... A little bit further back than that um when I was like 18 I kind of like tentatively like dabbled in camming and then got terrified and sugaring and got terrified of being kidnapped um and just ran away from it and then a couple years later I was just like in a place where I just really needed to like figure out something that worked for me and like dancing seemed like a really good option and um I started out dancing and that was three and a half years ago now and since then I have um, pursued camming I've done content creation I've worked with actually quite a few well-established porn stars um, and I've also done some companion work and sugaring again so okay cool a little bit everything (laughs) yeah so for those of you like River was my dancer name that is my stage name what is sugaring Sugaring is the, um, I guess, concept of being a sugar baby. It oh, is okay, okay, okay. often argued that it is not sex work, um, and especially not a form of full-service sex work. Um, but at the end of the day, the original model of a sugaring relationship was from a sugar daddy providing sugar for sugar so Mm -hmm. whatever that uh relationship uh, came down to for each individual i mean it differs but at the end of the day the core idea of sugaring i would say is an exchange of intimacy whether it be Mm -hmm. sexual or romantic or even just like you know physical companionship Mm -hmm. um and for a value of typically monetary or you know maybe just like gifts here and there so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. true so 18 so how did you <laughs> get into it because when I I mean <coughs> not that it was long ago but when I was 18 like I couldn't imagine camming seriously like I remember being younger and even now amongst people that I know as a joke which is not a good joke but as a joke people will say things like oh I want to drop out of school and become a stripper Right? Yeah. yeah. You hear so, that so much. And so it's like, much. Sis, can your knees do that? Because I don't think they can. I can't even do a push-up. <laughs> I can't do one push-up. <laughs> so, yeah, how did you come across, like, camming and, like, doing it seriously as an 18-year-old? Mm-hmm. Um. So, for me, admittedly, I kind of always – I didn't necessarily know that it was – sex work I didn't really understand the complexities of it but I always was very interested in um, the adult industry mm-hmm. um, even from a young age I think like my furthest memory goes back to like watching Pretty Woman with my mom and being like I want to be her and my mom being like no no, no. yeah <laughs> no 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 um, and also like funny enough like finding a pair of light up clear heels in my mom's closet which was it was pretty popular in the 90s to have even if you weren't a dancer mm-hmm. but oh no mom yeah uh, but <laughs> it just I don't know and I was always very um sexually free I guess mm-hmm. um I was really interested in like the free the nipple campaign when I was in high school and just like things like that so it, I, I guess like just me being uh, a sexually open individual I kind of was like you know like I think maybe that's something I'd really enjoy like I turned 18 and I remember I was like on a canoe trip and I was like hey guess what to one of my friends Mm -hmm. I can do porn now and they were like like that's your first thought like you're 18 and you can do porn like you could vote I was like yes and I could do porn like Mm -hmm. these are the things that were on my mind and I just was kind of honestly terrified and I think that's why I didn't actively pursue it 
um like I, I seriously just dabbled like it was a couple times here and there and some like private like Skype shows and stuff until I found out like it's very easy for someone to track your um address like and location through oh. that and I got scared and I just was like okay I'm just gonna go to school and I'm gonna go you know <laughs> live a regular schmegular life mm. um but yeah I don't know it was just I guess I was just born for this yeah <laughs> so you've always been sex positive yeah. Yeah. that's good and then you're also someone who's very open on social media too sure. which is how me and Lydia found you mm. um so how did you make that transition into you know like I guess it was pretty natural for you but how did you tell the people around you and the people that you love that this is something you want to pursue um honestly I just posted a photo and it was me in uh the change room of the club that I started dancing at and it there wasn't any like explicit like hey like I'm now a dancer, I'm at this club, I'm doing this. It, but you could just tell from mm-hmm. the image that the the context was kind of there. And I used to attend a lot of, um, like, EDM events and stuff, and my, like, attire was very similar. Like, it, it that whole scene has mm-hmm. been heavily influenced by sex workers. Um, and it wasn't that different from the other content I was posting on my original page, uh, which was deleted, by the way. Um, but it, it, people just kind of were like, oh, huh. And a lot of, I got a lot of messages being like, oh, are you, are you dancing now? Like, where can I come find you? Like, you know, I'm not really surprised, but I'm not really surprised. Okay, relax. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that, I love that point that you made about how that photo wasn't that different than your other photos. This isn't shady by any means because I think that, like, obviously me and Dean are coming from a very sex-positive place. Mm -hmm. But, like, truly, that's what I think sometimes when I'm going through, um, like, sex workers' Instagram. It's literally, like, a regular person's Instagram. This is Except one person's getting paid and the other person's doing it for free. Yeah. Yeah, it was literally, I actually had, I can explicitly remember one person I know who I had known through events messaging me and being like, oh, what did you, what, what show did you go to? And I was like, ha, 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 I didn't go to a show. It's strip club. I am. And they were like, oh, like, like, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I just kind of dived into it and I've just always been the kind of person that's just like, you either love me or hate me and this is what I'm doing with my life and eat it or get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like it definitely takes a specific type of person just because of like cultural, like you know cultural friction that can happen um like I know personally like I'm not a strong enough person I think um I think you have to be very strong and pretty sure of yourself um to be able to like pursue sex work work. in any type of capacity especially as open as I am like Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people ask me what do your family and parents think and I'm very very fortunate that even though not every member of my family actively like agrees with it like they they never you know you know I wasn't born and they went oh my god I'm gonna be so proud when she becomes a stripper like that's not really something that a lot of people want for their children but my family is and I'm very fortunate that they're as supportive as they are but they're they're all just very glad that I am able to take care of myself and they know I have a good head on my shoulders and that if I were ever actively like in trouble that you know they've created the kind of relationship with me that I can um like seek them out for help um my grandpa my sister just recently got married and my grandpa was like it's your life like what are we gonna do to tell you how to live it like we don't pay your bills Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. and my grandma piped in and was like and your dad used to date strippers anyway so he can't say anything (laughs) (laughs) don't kill me (laughs) my grandma was literally like he used to bring strippers home to the house and they were regular lovely Mm -hmm. girls Mm -hmm. like I have no judgments it's not what I wanted to see you doing with your life but I don't pay your bills Mm -hmm. so yeah, because it's crazy from, like, being 18 and being like, oh, my God, I'm scared someone's going to track me down to, like, having your name, being like, this is yeah. my work. But, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so even, like, on a legal standpoint, because I know that it's very confusing for a lot of people, obviously, like, strip clubs are legal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, like, speaking about what's it like being a sex worker, not outside of, like, the social aspects, but, like, the political aspects as well. <laughs> um, so if you want to get into the legalities of it, specifically for 
here in Ontario and um, Canada, um, and especially because I'm in so many different aspects of the industry. Um, as a dancer, um, like my job is completely legal. There yeah. are certain laws and bylaws that I do have to follow. Um, for example, London is a no contact um, city. Like there's no touching involved at the mm-hmm. clubs. There's no touching involved at the clubs. Quotations. Um, <laughs> yeah. Quotations. Yeah. Heavy quotations. Heavy. But if bylaw officers or police were to come into the establishment and we were in contact with customers, like we could be fined. The bar would be fined. Um, if anyone were caught providing extra services, um, they would be fined. The bar would be charged. Um, so in that regard, like strip clubs are just for dancing. I mean, mm-hmm. things happen everywhere, but legally we can't provide anything other than dancing services within the parameters of the law. Um, outside of that, like again, like camming is legal, mm-hmm. like doing porn is legal, like pretty much every aspect of sex work luckily in Canada is legal. The only thing that we really do have to be concerned with is that we do follow the Nordic model here. We are very lucky that we follow the Nordic model instead of just full criminalization, even though the Nordic model still is trash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is yeah, that model? Yeah, yeah. can you explain that? Yeah, for the, of course. So the, the Nordic model um, criminalizes the consumption of um, like sexual services. So mm-hmm. as an escort or a full service provider or a full service sex worker, um, I am allowed to perform sexual acts for a client, but that client is not allowed to purchase. Um, One of the, I guess, aspects of that model is also that it's illegal to uh, live off the means of um, those services. So although my work is legal, it's illegal for me to live off of that income. So, so what do they think you're what gonna, are they like, doing? What it, like <laughs> it, it's just like a wraparound way to still criminalize sex workers, but say that you're we not. We have body and autonomy. With mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, um, and they don't necessarily. That aspect was created to target pimps, mm-hmm. um, but it also because it's such a grace statement um, could be considered to be your roommates or your children, or your partner. And they have, in my experience and from my knowledge, when it was originally implemented, there were attempts to go after people's families and to take away people's children's. And like, the, the it, it, calling your child, um, based on that, you could say, oh, your child's a pimp because they're living off the avails of your income. Um, so, that was just like a really really shitty aspect of the model which like was just a roundabout way of them criminalizing Mm -hmm. the work Mm -hmm. so so what would be um an ideal legislation piece for a sex worker um everyone i know is for decrim uh Mm -hmm. nobody wants this regulated um why are we regulating sex Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yeah yeah, seriously it's and i get the idea that the government wants their cut they want to tax it Mm because it is work um so i don't really know how that would be worked around because i i know that like that's going to be something that will have to be discussed because the government is never going to just say yeah sure like Mm -hmm. make money without us taking some Mm -hmm. um but to have that happen there would be still that like line where like certain people wouldn't be permitted so mm-hmm. if, if for example it was you had to get a license like if if you had to have a clean background that would um mean that people with criminal records or people that were homeless or just a slew of individuals would not be mm-hmm. allowed to then get that license by yeah, so true legalizing it it would be regulated and mm-hmm. we don't want exactly. regulation we just want it to not be criminalized we should be free to be able to do with our bodies what we want and like there are so many industries where people don't pay their taxes like your drug dealer doesn't pay his taxes yeah. <laughs> like your mechanic when you pay him cash probably doesn't pay tax on that mm-hmm. but 
it's just something about sex that people really, really want to hate when uh, money is involved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, we, me and Lydia were talking about this earlier, <coughs> how, like, pretty much all sex is transactional by Anyways. some Oh, my God. I say like, it all the time. Yeah. You think that that guy that bought you dinner because he wants to fuck you, like, that's still a transaction. And You're just... Yeah, sorry. Like, I'm sorry. You think that your man saying, I'll Uber you here and back? Like, that is transactional. Yeah, and this is what I was saying, too. I saw this tweet, and this person, it's, like, along the same lines that Dina was explaining, and it's, like, for people who say they don't buy sex, you're spending a lot of fucking money at the club buying girls drinks. Like, (laughs) you know? It's, like, you are buying sex, even if it's not through, like, monetary means. I know people who will, like, text people like make them almost like believe emotion that they're in love with them fuck them leave them and it's like you did that for one thing mm-hmm. and what if you just contacted a sex worker where it was like both parties are understanding and everything is safe people both people are benefiting Same and it's sensual. great yeah i frequently I, I use that kind of as an example to not only like civilians or regular people <laughs> the but normies. also the normies, the normies <laughs> but to, to customers as well or to individuals that for example I had a, someone who wanted to date me they're like I will take care of you and I'm like okay then do it pay my rent <laughs> and they're like well why would I do that when like we like we could I take care of the people that I I date so date me first and then I'll take care of you and I was like no 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 I, we're in the strip club right now like you you are well aware of what I do for work like you can just on a regular basis here contract it you'll pay my rent I'm at your beck and call you want me to be your girlfriend I'll be your girlfriend cool mm-hmm. like we can have a legitimate relationship but just because you say you're gonna take care of me does not mean that you're going to mm-hmm. like I'm not just gonna trust that so my like explanation to him was every interaction you have whether it's sexual or not, is an exchange, whether it's an exchange of information, whether it's an exchange of experience, whether it's an exchange of food or money, everything is an exchange of some sort. Like you're you're exchanging energy with people even as you pass them in a, the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everything is an exchange. So why are you putting so much negativity towards the concept of compensating somebody for providing you with their energy? whether it's physical or mental or literally anything Mm -hmm. yeah for sure so i kind of cheated with this episode notes because i actually had a class on sex work but it was interesting (laughs) it was a class called um uh, like society and stigma that's why um but somebody raised their hand while we were having this specific class like on sex work and they were like well i feel this is a guy it was like the only guy in the class um and he was like um if we decriminalize sex i feel like it will take away the intimacy from sex like he believed that like as soon as you make sex transactional then you lose that sense of intimacy but, but i was like it's always, always transactional mm-hmm. and i was like People have casual sex. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. sex isn't always intimate. If I, if you buy a cake, it's like, hey, you bought a cake. But if I made you a cake and I'm your best friend or your little sister and I, like, make it with love, then, you know, it's different context. So, you same thing with sex. also be my little sister and buy me a cake with love. If yeah, yeah, that's If you bake me a cake and you can't bake and I eat that and then I'm sick the next day, that, like... That's is that better than the bought cake you got from the store? It's yeah. the intention behind it. And, mm-hmm. like... For sure. And I think, like, a lot of people don't realize, like, I think the idea of sex work is that it's, A, people that are not choosing to be there, people that are, like, practicing, like, basically survival sex work, um, people that aren't making that conscious decision to be in the industry where it's not like that. And so I also think that there's the idea that everyone who buys sex is horrible and, like, these Johns are abusive, they're pervy. Exactly. Where it doesn't take into account, like, a lot of people that maybe buy sex are like our regular regular, regular people just, yeah that just, just like yeah. they're not, they're not off. Like, at the bar yeah. like waiting for girls to maybe give them a chance like i would say that the majority of my interactions with people as a sex worker have been positive mm-hmm. um yes i experience a lot of shitty people um probably at a different kind of rate than like the average gal but like I was physically and sexually harassed more as a server in university than I have been at the club 
like if you were to do the statistics of that mm-hmm. like the amount of times I was touched without my consent uh, as a server um, and groped walking by to bring somebody drinks is very different than that at the club and I feel like I have more power in my position now to turn around because I'm not working for anyone because before it was the customer's always right like mm-hmm. you know this is your paycheck if I get fired then what and now it's you can't fucking touch me like don't touch me like mm-hmm. did you ask okay no are you paying me no okay so why'd you touch me um but yeah there's definitely a stigma that like clients and customers are or even people that purchase porn are like desperate and like that's this image of like some like nerdy dude like mm-hmm. who's overweight sitting in his mom's basement like on like his computer and like even that like concept in itself is just it's just really irksome because like just because there is some guy sitting in his basement at his mom's house on his computer who might be like above like average weight doesn't mean that person (laughs) doesn't deserve intimacy or Mm -hmm. a sexual experience with somebody Mm -hmm. um I don't know I saw recently on Twitter um that actually I believe it was I'm gonna have to quote it back to you later who it was I know the exact account that I'm thinking of um but just that like most people that seek out sex workers especially full service workers it's not about the sex always it's more times it's often about the intimacy Mm -hmm. and we often associate intimacy with sex and I think that like as a culture we really need to and a society we need to get away from the idea that all sex is intimate and all um, sex is romantic um, because it's not you can have sex with somebody and not have any romantic inclinations toward them at all but it could still be intimate um you can have intimate relationships with your friends and it not be sexual and and a lot of my customers and clients genuinely are just looking for that human connection that like so often people of their status or maybe the demographic they come from are just denied um or even just because they're busy individuals and they don't want to risk going to the bar and meeting fucking Sarah who's gonna like find out they make like three million dollars a year and try and get knocked up mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. so true it's so true it does I think um, a lot of people shy away from recognizing the fact that a lot of people that may purchase sex um, it are people that maybe are like disabled or someone who um, can't not can't get it but you know there's there's other barriers that exist to them seeking out physical intimacy Mm -hmm. yeah so for sure it's a good point and then also have you come in contact a lot of people that you know in the club that you like either didn't expect to see there or maybe perhaps like have exchanged words of like i don't know why you're doing this or i've had a negative attitude but you actually end up seeing them at the club yeah um (laughs) i i I wouldn't say i've seen anybody outside and then they've come into the club per se Uh i know that happens like i'm sure there's a lot of dudes i've interacted with on the internet that like still go on pornhub and fap to my porn Mm -hmm. but that's besides the point but yeah there are like a lot of times you'll get like i will get and i know a lot of us do in general but um get those people that come in and they're like why are you doing this like you're so pretty like you're so smart like you could be like a model or you could like do something like else like are you in school and i'm just like um really like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm so pretty and i'm so smart isn't this like the perfect job for me then yeah. Like, mm-hmm. am I not, like, being the smartest? Like, w- why would I not use my youth and beauty while I have it to, mm-hmm. like, capitalize off of the society that we live in mm-hmm. that is predominantly, like, focused on male success? Like, mm-hmm. this is, like, the only industry as a female that I am on top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that. Yeah, capitalism at its nature is super exploitative. So if you find a way to make the system work for you, then go for it. And people are so mad when women find a way to A, reclaim their sexuality and B, make money off of it. Like, people are pissed. Yeah. People are pissed, especially because... Men are pissed. Men are pissed because they're not, they're not 
included in this club, I feel like, yeah. for the most part. And even when they are, they're not getting paid <laughs> as much. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's women in every other industry mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Um, like, not to discount the fact that men also exist in the sex work, yeah, 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 work around, sure. but like, yeah. I will say, um, as much as we do slay and stay on top, um, this industry, it is really interesting because male strippers make like substantially more. Oh, they um, do. For example, what? like male strippers, the minimum to, from what I know, the minimum like so you come to solids, you come on stage with a five dollar bill. If you went on for a male performer, it would be forty dollar minimum. <gasps> Dances are, like, more. Like, there is actually going to be um, an event at Solids. Go if you guys want to go. Like, I'm not saying don't go. (laughs) There is a mail review on uh, December 1st, but it's $30 to get in. Like, we don't even charge $30 cover. Mm -hmm. cover, Most of the... For a very long time, our cover was free during the weekdays. Mm -hmm. So plenty of people would come in, buy a $6 beer, come in at 6, 7 o'clock, pay no cover, and sit. For hours mm-hmm. and hours and not pay a dollar wow. so there is a bit of still a discrepancy but i mean it's harder to it, that is a smaller niche like you have to be a very particular um and like have a, a certain certain assets to be a male stripper you know what i mean the 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 number of male strippers that there can be are significantly less whereas mm-hmm. like there could be an infinite a number of like female strippers mm-hmm. um And then one myth I really wanted to tackle along with this idea that, like, sex workers are diseased or, like, they always have <laughs> HIV or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she just got checked, y'all. Yeah. Um, but it's crazy because one of the articles I read, like, in preparation for this episode, it was this male sex worker talking about how people would always say that to him, like, aren't you sick? But it's like, we never ask nurses if they're sick or doctors if they're sick. And they deal with bodies and sick people all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just that those people are trusted and sex workers aren't. Like, he wouldn't ask a construction worker, did you uh, put your helmet and all your gear on? Like, no, it's their work. They know what they're doing. Yeah, like, this mm-hmm. is something that I, like, I am well aware of the risks of. Like, even before this, like, I actually um, pursued nursing for school um, and... I wanted to pursue sexual health um so at a young age I was like yeah like I know all this information like I had a friend at a young age who um had um HSV one and two so like as a young person a lot of discrimination um was experienced and I learned a lot because as their friend I wanted to support them through that so for me sexual health has been something that I've like tried to constantly stay on top of and just like learn and and educate other people on and it's really funny that people think that sex workers especially full service sex workers are dirty even though this is our job like mm-hmm. as as you said mm-hmm. doctors get their tb testing and nurses get their tb testing and they get their flu shot every year and they do things to prevent um their health from deteriorating i get tested typically every three to six weeks depending on like what i'm doing for work um i literally went to the clinic today and the last time i went to the clinic was on the 9th and the doctor was like oh you're back again Mm -hmm. why are you here like Mm -hmm. what you're back so soon and i was like well like for the industry, like specifically for filming, it's a 14-day window. It's just proper practice to, you know, like make sure that your test results are up to date. Like in um, Nevada, for example, where brothels are legal, like full service work is legal, um, they have to get tested weekly mm-hmm. um, and pay money for it like we're very fortunate here that I can just go get I can go back tomorrow realistically and it's not going to cost me anything um but like yeah I frequently have had people suggest that I'm dirty or probably have HIV or x y and z and mm-hmm. even if I did because that's a whole other issue of discrimination to to deal with um even if I did like I'm not going to like risk other individuals um safety um like there are measures that sex workers take to ensure our own safety and our own health as well as client safety and client health 
For sure. And like honestly, your boyfriend probably hasn't got tested in two years. That's what like I'm that saying. is what I'm saying. That's like, what I'm ever. saying. Or ever, ever. Like <laughs> men, ne- I I'm sorry. You boys are disgusting. I feel like men just think, Nasty. oh, she'll get tested and she'll tell me, or something like yeah. something yeah. along those lines. Hundred percent. Go get tested because the people that you know and cherish in your life probably don't get tested, and sex workers are getting tested regularly. Mm-hmm. So you should really just think about. Girls take back their cheating boyfriend. Yeah, girls take back their like cheating boyfriend. It's like sis, get he's tested. Like, and it's like, yeah. and it's like <laughs> he's putting your health at risk. 100%. Yeah, not just mental, physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, statistically, sex workers have the lowest rates of mm-hmm. um of STI um prevalence. Um, that being said, um things like SESTA, FOSTA, and like criminalization have caused a lot of individuals to operate in survival mode and offer unsafe services because they need to 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 put food on the table because they need Mm -hmm. to to pay their rent um so i know in australia right now where sex work is legal there is a very high incidence rate right now of like chlamydia and gonorrhea outbreaks especially oral because people are being pressured into offering uncovered services because if you're charging X for this service with a condom on and some other girl is charging the same price but without what is Mr. Joe gonna do like Mm -hmm. realistically you know like that's that idea of you know condomless sex being more pleasurable which is like completely inaccurate um I don't know it's it's there are but statistically, we, we do have lower like yeah. rates of, mm-hmm. of SDIs. So I think it's really funny that like the statistics are showing one thing, but the population perceives it differently because of stigma. Mm-hmm. It's so messed up. And also in this article, so the person that wrote it, he was a male sex worker, as I mentioned before, he was someone who both like starred in um, like sex films and like pornography, but he also filmed a lot of them. And he was so talented. His like resume was plenty of films. But the thing is, is like transitioning from sex work to like not sex work, like regular, regular industries, he couldn't really talk about his past work just because it was sex work. Yep. So it's hard because not only do we like stigmatize sex work among like social groups, but it's hard to also just like be now enter like other forms of capitalism within society. Yeah. So do you ever think about that? Yeah. Um, I know for a lot of people like that, like everyone says, like don't ever leave a gap on your resume. Like it's really bad. So for mm-hmm. people that have been in the industry for like say 10 years, like what do you say you've been doing for 10 years? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's really hard and you've got all these, like different organizations that are anti-sex work that are trying to save us and help us get out of sex Mm -hmm. work to exit sex work and we can't because when you have an arrest record that has prostitution on your record or whatever else your employers are going to see that and they're not going to hire you Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't get a job mm-hmm. outside of sex work. Mm-hmm. And that's so often why people, I guess you could say, that are trying to exit fall back off the wagon and end up re-entering the industry, but often in, like, really unsafe manners and, you know, relying on pimps to help them find clients so that they don't get, like, rearrested and abused by the police. And it's just, like, a horrific cycle of like abuse and trauma and like for those people that do genuinely want to exit it's almost impossible like Mm -hmm. it is so hard to to move on like the number of porn actresses that have gone on to have families and um you know like are just constantly like berated or called a bad parent because like when they were 19 or 20 they did porn Mm -hmm. and you know that's how they've you know paid their way through school so that they could be a a whatever and now have a family and it's i don't know it's like did you watch that movie on netflix called after after porn ends i think okay i I feel like we watched that did we okay maybe we did i feel like i watched all i remember is hot girls wanted (laughs) did you watch that i honestly (laughs) stayed up really far away from pretty much every film around sex work just because it's really hard for me to watch and like be where I am and like I struggle with 
the misrepresentation like it's, it's really yeah hard. it would be frustrating mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm sure yeah mm-hmm. there's sometimes where like especially hot girls wanted like they never really got to a point like it was very much just like girls in a house just doing photo shoots and like waiting for this one guy to like tell them when they have a shoot yeah. and I was like I feel like this isn't real life and exactly. there's nothing's going a on lot of it's like like very like stereotypy and mm-hmm. very like not, just not accurate and just not something I want to spend an hour of my life watching mm-hmm. like I can't remember exactly what the it's a uh, it's on Netflix I want to say but like there's a lot on there. I know. There I feel was, like there's, there's a lot of hot girls wanted. Yeah. I feel like there's different red like numbers. Yeah, like even with after porn ends, there's like hot, um, after porn ends one, two, yeah. three. I'm like, it's more of like a story rather than like an accurate representation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's like how they took um, like Aragon from the Aragon series and like completely butchered the movie, and now it's just a random movie of one and a book mm-hmm. series of four. Like mm-hmm. it's just it was completely separate from what the actual storyline was um but the one I'm thinking of I cannot remember the name of it but I know several of the models that were in it and the individual like super misrepresented what their intentions were for the production of the film and actually doxed them um had their legal names and information in the film and their families found out through that and it's just I just haven't been able to watch anything because I just it hurt. The only thing I have watched was Hustlers, and I did a really large debrief on that. Did you? I actually. was just about to ask you um, if you enjoyed it. I need to or watch if you didn't it. like it. With or, Cardi, right? Yeah. Yeah, she's like briefly in it. Okay. Because I saw like two very opposing sides on the film, and if they liked it and if they didn't like it, I kind of had mixed feelings when I watched it, so I don't know. I think it was a good movie for a movie. But mm-hmm. I don't think that it, it was a good necessarily representation of sex work. I think there were aspects of it that rang true for a lot of us. Um, but it's funny because um, someone I'm really familiar with, uh, Giselle Marie, I don't know if you guys know who that is. I don't. She's a, a sex worker activist um, and stripper in New York. Um, she's a really interesting, amazing individual. You should check her out. Um, and... She was like, yeah, that scene where, like, the coat and, like, outside and they're smoking. Like, girls are just not that nice in New York. And I was like, I cried because that feels like home. Like, that's mm-hmm. what the club in London is like, where we go outside, we all bundle up under a coat, and we all smoke blunt. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really familiar to me. And I know that it's just such a, a different experience for everyone. Like, dancing in the South versus dancing in, like, mm-hmm. Northern Canada is a whole different experience. And while we do have similar experiences they're not all the same so I think the movie was hopefully inspiring to some people to look deeper Mm -hmm. into what it means to be um a dancer Mm -hmm. um but again there's gonna be a lot of people that just watch it and go wow look at these scammy bitches (laughs) like stripping is so easy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I don't know if you know Raquel Savage yes I love her I follow her on Twitter I told I think I think yeah, I follow her. her now too. Um, but she made um she made like a thread on Twitter about basically like female rappers and how they're kind of like they're acting as if they're about this culture that they're not about. Yep. Talking about <clears throat> can't fuck me unless you buy me a pair of shoes, um, things of that nature where in reality when it comes down to it, they are stigmatizing sex, mm-hmm. sex workers and the people that they're talking about. It's inspired by sex workers. Exactly. It's inspired by, but they don't want that name. They don't want that association. Mm-hmm. 90% of your freaking favorite Instagram models are escorts. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. or have sugar daddies, or mm-hmm. have, like, had sex for money. Maybe once or twice, but it's happened. Like, they've done sex work. Like, it's just a secret. Um, and that makes it less dirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole, like, finesse girl culture yeah. of, like, I'm going to finesse him, get my bag, I'm in my bag, and, and his too. Like, all the shit, like, the city girls, like, all of that. It's, like, what do you, where do you think this came from? Mm-hmm. It's true. And, like, sometimes I think, like, what's the line? Mm-hmm. Especially with the finesse girl culture, right? Because think about it. Like, you see this guy at the club, let's say, and he looks rich. And now you've bubbled on him. Now you've made out with him. And you know what he's going to do after, like, maybe like uber you home or like buy you a bunch of drinks and it's like you did that for a transaction how is mm-hmm. that different than mm-hmm. someone else who labels himself a sex yeah worker? who full-on just says here thank you for the donation let's go have fun for an hour like yeah i think 
what I struggle with with that is like, okay, cool, go be a slut, like slut it up, you know, <laughs> fuck slut the patriarchy, <laughs> fuck the patriarchy, go go get those drinks, girl, because mm. like we're so frequently sexually harassed mm. and like taken advantage of as women. Like, mm-hmm. go for it. Like, if if you are safe and comfortable with that, cool. But also, as a service provider going back to the idea of providing intimacy and like a genuine connection and relationship with people I think the whole finesse culture is like it's giving sex workers this kind of like bad rep Mm -hmm. right like it's it's that's not I'm not out here robbing people I'm not out here treating people like ATMs like yeah there are those dudes that come to the club and I'm like yo fuck this guy like I'm just gonna you know fuck him I'm gonna take his money like we're gonna go over to the back and I'm gonna milk him for whatever he's willing to give me and I'm, I don't care about him mm-hmm. he's a dick mm-hmm. but I'm here to work and I need to pay my rent um, but then there's also customers where I'm like you know what I really genuinely care about asking them how their day was like you know you come in three times a week and I know that like your kid has soccer on Friday so I'm gonna ask how'd your kid's soccer game go like Mm. it's no different than the relationships you form with you know your barista or the teller you frequently see at the bank or you know the lady that like that works at your car place whatever mm-hmm. your like, nail tech your nail mm-hmm. tech right dresser. don't tell me you don't care about your nail tech yeah, right yeah. Like, it, it's about human interaction and I think somebody who's really been a good influence for me on like kind of like grounding myself with that not getting lost in like the whole like finesse culture is um racks to riches Carmen Lux um check her page out super mm-hmm. super amazing individual she's got a whole like marketing like stripper like program essentially and she frequently brings back to the notion of like these are human beings you're interacting with this is a human being you're interacting with like Mm -hmm. you don't think that people don't feel your energy when you like are sitting in the back like thinking and talking shit about how this person's just nothing to you and it's just they're just a bag of money like you don't think people don't feel that it's an exchange of energy like people do feel that even if they don't know it right away um and I think you get more out of genuine human connections with people than you do out of those quick bucks. Mm-hmm. It's no different than, like, I've literally seen girls, like, rob guys in the club. Be like, oh, no, yeah, you owe me $300. And I'm like, honey, he owes you $60. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't owe you $300. Okay, cool. That guy just gave you the $300, but now he's upset and he's never coming back. Whereas you could have made $60 off of him for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? That's like. So true. It's like, yeah, get your bag, sis, but, like, be smart about it. Like, work <laughs> yeah. smarter, not harder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah That's yeah. something I'm yeah. trying to learn, actually. <laughs> An application. I've been telling you yeah. work smarter. <laughs> An application of uh, university <laughs> midterms. But. <laughs> That's so funny. One thing, I, I mean, you briefly touched on it, but dating as a sex worker. Mm-hmm. We had an episode on polyamory, but I think through your Instagram, I've noticed that you are also in mm-hmm. a polyamorous relationship. So I guess, like, it's one thing to, I mean, it's one thing to, like, have one partner and be like, okay, I'm a sex worker. But I don't know. Polyamory to me is something that I'm down for, but I can't find one boyfriend, so let alone having <laughs> <laughs> multiple. I wish I could. You need a girlfriend. Yeah, girlfriend. I need five girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> but so how's um, that for you? So I've been very lucky that um, when I started dancing, I had just gotten into a relationship with an individual and kind of out the gate um he was like do you want to date other people like he could just kind of tell that 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 was where my heart was at where you know I I I didn't want it to be monogamous anymore Mm -hmm. um but I met this guy and I was like oh fuck like shit like I'm gonna have to do this again and was so thankful that he and that was me like finally being like yes I'm taking the leap like this is it like this is what I want to do because I had just been very unhappy in monogamous relationships um and I was just I've been very lucky that um, my ex, who I'm still very good friends with, um, supported me um, as much as he was capable of. He was always very supportive um, with me dancing and whatnot. But the idea of me pursuing porn and like escorting was just very. Um, he was like, I just never imagined myself dating a porn star. You know, yeah. I just never imagined myself in this position. And mm-hmm. I love you, but that's not what I imagined, right? Like it's hard. And I was like, I can understand that. Like it's it's a lot it is a lot it's a polyamory in itself is a lot 
to to work through and you it takes a lot of commitment and a lot of analyzing your own uh, insecurities and your own experiences to have a fruitful relationship um, and a successful relationship with not just one but like multiple partners um and so for completely reasons irrelevant to my sex work and whatnot we are no longer together but we're still very much like we we saw each other this afternoon actually like we always part ways saying I love you with a kiss like goodbye like we're still very much have a relationship we're just no longer primary partners um and I do now have a primary partner who out the gate has known that I am fully involved in sex work and it's been like a huge learning curve for them um as well as it being their first polyamorous relationship um I don't know I know a lot of sex workers that are also monogamous like Mm -hmm. either I know a lot of sex workers that are escorts and are monogamous because it's your work right like Mm -hmm. that is separate um but if they were to go out and have sex with somebody and they weren't getting paid that would be cheating uh, cheating um you know it's everyone's relationship is so unique and I think going back to what I mentioned earlier about the issue society has with like attributing sex to romance and intimacy that can be applied to like all sorts of relationships um and is something that I like have been working on being polyamorous is that I have friends that I'm sexually intimate with, but I don't have that like mental intimacy with them the way I do with like my primary partner. Um, it's just, it's very complex and I have to frequently sit back and be like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, and kind of analyze my decisions and my feelings and stuff. But for me personally, um, I think regardless of being a sex worker, I would have been polyamorous. But I think for me, they just, it goes so like cohesively together and that's just they're both very core aspects of my identity mm-hmm. and nothing okay then nothing i wanted to talk about was even like this idea of like you quote unquote coming out as a sex worker um and also kind of tying with the polyamory thing um my prof who teaches this class i think she did her thesis on sex work or she just did like a qualitative research on sex work and she had to ask a bunch of people who were purchasing sex what it was like for them and a lot of them were like one married two men and a lot of times their partners didn't know and i think that kind of touches base with like the idea of polyamory right whereas like this person was married and they didn't want to divorce their partner like that wasn't it Mm -hmm. like it you know it's seems a bit weird to break up with your partner just because at this moment in life they're not satisfying you sexually if you have so much great chemistry with this person or even mm-hmm. kids or children yeah or life, like been in it for 50 years yeah but they didn't want to come out to their partner so yeah. it was the like idea where they could afford this and they mm-hmm. didn't feel morally just like wrong about it but yeah like socially it seemed as like they were quote-unquote cheating see but i think it's better to pursue a professional than to go out and put your partner at risk mm-hmm. um, to just go like hook up with some random person from the club and like potentially bring home somebody bring home something or bring somebody into your life and your spouse's or partner's life that they're unaware of and didn't consent to who might try to wreck wreck your relationship right mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people that have had that happen where they cheat on somebody and they're you know they're mistress decides no i want to be number one okay cool i'm gonna wreck the marriage like i I know information about this person like i'm gonna wreck it and Mm -hmm. like marriages have ended over things like that and like as much as i would love like for everyone to be able to be open sexually and like open about their needs within their relationship and like open about their desires to not necessarily always be monogamous um whether it's sexually or emotionally or whatever it's just not really ideal in our current like cultural setting um but like the best thing you can do is find a professional like Mm -hmm. if if you needed legal advice are you gonna go to the person that works at tim hortons on the street who's never gone to law school (laughs) ever in their life no you're gonna go seek out a professional Mm -hmm. um I frequently see like couples on like dating sites and stuff that are like looking for a third. Oh yeah, I they always are. I will purposely swipe for Me those too. couples just to be like, go seek out a professional. Oh. My best piece of advice for you is to say, go hire an escort because you're going to get the most like positive experience 
like that's literally created and customized to your own desires and needs like you are paying for that experience and it's worth it it's worth it for Mm -hmm. you to have a positive experience that's not gonna like turn around and like be like hey yeah, I'm pregnant with your baby. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Okay, that was a better point. I was just going to say I swipe right on them because I want to see if they'll swipe right on me. <laughs> <laughs> and they usually do, but I yeah. think they're also swiping right on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Also a possibility, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But you're also hot, so like. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, shy. so. To r- <laughs> <laughs> I swipe right on all the couples, but I'm shy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my Lydia's God. Lydia's fake shy. I am fake shy. You're a introverted extrovert. Extroverted That's introvert? What is yeah. It? Yeah, that yeah. one. Intro- introverted extrovert. Omnivert. No. Ambivert. 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 Green. <laughs> en français. Yeah. Um, to wrap up this episode, what are your closing thoughts, everyone? My closing thought is that I hope that we have a better or, like, more sex-positive society. Because I think that's what, like, the issue is with everything we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, we just have such a negative connotation around everything. Although it's all things that people desire, or yeah. most people do. Mm-hmm. So if we just constructed a society where we were more sex posi- positive, whether that be like through education or just like through social value, then we would all be living our best lives sexually, mm-hmm. financially, mentally. Our yeah. relationships would glow up. <laughs> like, yeah. literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it comes down to that sex is taboo. And, like, yeah, we have come a long way since women were, like, required to wear, like, down-to-the-ankle dresses and, like, up-to-the-neck, like, shirts. But we still have this, like, really big taboo Mm -hmm. with sex um, and intimacy. And hopefully one day it's, like, super easy. Just, like, you have your escort on speed dial and you can be like, hey, like, I need to book a session with you, like... Nancy's just not just not feeling it this week. She's <laughs> yeah. she's on her period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, just like think about the things that you already do or the attitudes that you already have, and try to be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. That is just my like bottom line for every episode: is try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And even if it's something that you don't see yourself doing, educate yourself before you make pointed, um, like just arguments. like arguments. Yeah, yeah because you you don't know and even listening to this podcast is a step in the right direction mm-hmm. yeah it is yeah. yeah um thank you so much for being on thank you guys for having like me. this you. was such a great experience yeah. um thank you everyone for listening yeah thank you so much um what what else thank you for um all the new followers on instagram yeah, we'll like, be posting more. We're okay, trying. Also, an update. Our YouTube channel is really not popping off as we wanted it to. So yeah. now our Instagram will be, like, more of a focus. So we will be posting more. There'll be better content on there. So make sure you guys are following us if you're not following us. Um, I feel like everyone who listens to the podcast should be following us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Not our personals. The retweet page, please. <laughs> you can follow our personals, I mean, yeah, too. You because you can, but please follow yeah. the retweet page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. thank you. For listening, um, we will put Sam's Instagram in yeah. the bio, in the link. And if you have any questions, let us know. We can relay them to her or, like, message her directly, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. like, think. Shoot me a DM. <laughs> but, like, within reason. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, can you think before you yeah. send it? Yeah. I Maybe. have a highlight for losers on my page, so you don't want to get in there. Yeah. <laughs> you should. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye.